Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at RepcoService.com. Up next, we're calling up the talents of Alex Catalano from the Inner Sanctum to talk round two of AFLW action. G'day, Alex. G'day, Hita. Good to be back. Very, very keen to talk another huge week of footy. Lovely to have you with us on the program, mate. Uh, as you say, it was another big round of AFLW action, uh, bar the Lions and Bulldogs, who unfortunately had to sit this round, being un- unable to field teams. Uh, any updates from inside those clubs for the upcoming round of action? Yeah, unfortunate. We only made it through two weeks before we got our first game being shifted around, but nah, nothing yet. It's an undisclosed date for whenever they're playing that fixture, so um, I think under the rules they've got to have, I believe it's a four-day break between matches, so it could potentially be a midweek fixture at some point, but not that on that yet. All right, uh, we'll get into round two action, and uh, Melbourne and Richmond started it off on Friday night. Melbourne 8-6-54, down in Richmond 6-2-38. Melbourne, without five of its first-choice players due to those COVID-19 health protocols, uh, winning by 16 points over the Tigers uh, to start the season 2-0. and Yeah, they didn't look it at all, did they? I think I might have said to you last week that this would be one of the games of the round, Peter, and I don't think it disappointed first up on Friday night that they've definitely stamped their premiership card um, nice and early into the season, the Ds, and you can see why everybody's been backing them. They were once again firing on all cylinders. Karen Paxman got herself back into the game. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about the Rising Star a little bit later, but uh, one of the two Rising Stars from the round did come from this game. Young Alyssa Bannon running along the wings. You don't see too many players of her size um, able to move like that, but she was fantastic and kicked two goals as well. So another really, really good match for the Ds. Yeah, as you were saying there, some fantastic highlights uh, going viral on Twitter, showing the Demons' pace and spread across the ground to finish with a goal on the run. It's pretty hard to stop, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I don't know that there's going to be too many teams with the uh, the midfield depth to come up against them, especially when the side that I tipped <laughs> coming up against them in the granny, Peter, is down uh, or was down two of their best midfielders this week. And Brie Davy obviously up for the rest of the season. I've got to give credit to, to Richmond where it's due, though. They were... Very, very solid. Mon Conti, once again, 25 touches on the goal. Can't go past her. Um, but they are looking like they're going to have a little bit of injury troubles. Uh, I was browsing through Instagram, so I don't think the club actually announced it formally yet, but Courtney Wakefield with her arm in a sling. So oh. that's a, a key target for them up forward gone. <laughs> yeah, you don't like to uh, hear any injury news this early in the season. Uh, we'll move along to uh, the Pies and the Saints. Uh, the Saints not exactly starting the match well. It's fair to say they conceded a 50-metre penalty and then a free kick in the goal square. It's not what you want to give up at any time, let alone in the first <laughs> term. Well, I won't talk too much about 50-metre penalties that have been given out so far to start this year. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was always going to be tough for the Saints. Without their head man, Nicky Del Santo, had to sit out with COVID protocols as well. And they did get a couple of players back. It was good to see the return of Nicky Zenos for her first game in um, I think it was a year and a half, nearly two years now for her. So fantastic to get her back on 
the field, but it was all the pies. They were just outstanding. Britt Benici, she's a star. You wouldn't have even thought she didn't have two of her greatest mates in the midfield around her. That's how good she looked. And I've chosen a smoky All-Australian early as well, Hita. Jordan <laughs> Allen, she's outshining everyone else down back. When you've got the likes of Stacey Livingston and Ruby Schleicher down there, it's, it's hard to shine, but she certainly has so far. Yeah, well, uh, I was, uh, that's the next question I had was uh, how deep the, the pies are. They're missing Bree Davey already. They lose uh, Steph Ciocci uh, on game day as well. And then uh, Britt Benici, as you said, staying tall amongst a uh, few others as well. Yeah, definitely. And even the young players that came in, um, Alicia Newman's had a, her critics, but she managed to kick a goal and get herself on the board. Amelia Villado, she, she slotted into the back line. Um, didn't look like she, she'd even left. And Michaela Can as well. She's been threatening to break out. 15 touches and a goal. I think we might be seeing a little bit more of her throughout the year. Uh, Carlton down Geelong by 14 points, 4731 to 2517. The uh, Prasparkas Cup as uh, sisters Maddie and Georgie faced off against each other for the first time in their lives. Uh, Maddie was the uh, more impressive, uh, piling up 29 possessions to lead all players on the ground as well. Yeah, she definitely claims the cup in this one. What a great story for them as well. Like They weren't even slated to play each other until about two days out, and their parents had to drive down from Echuca because they were on holiday oh, wow. to come and watch them because the first time they're actually playing against each other. You know, They, they played together a little bit uh, in, their, in their underage years when I think they were just that top-ager and bottom-ager, um, but great for them and a fantastic story all around. But great comeback for the Blues, I thought, after a pretty poor showing last week. It was really started from down in the back line. Karen Harrington had her best game uh, in a very long time. She's always consistent. Had a few games here and there. Last week was probably one of them where she wasn't too um, at her best, but she, she really stood up. And Gab Pound, great to see her getting into the swing of things again after she was out all preseason with injury, but she's she's come back in really nicely. Uh, for Geelong, they only got the uh, one win last season. Uh, the second, I don't like the term honourable loss uh, to start this season. Uh, <laughs> definitely on the improve, though, aren't they? Yeah, honourable loss. I get what you mean. It is. Uh, they probably don't want to hear that, and I can imagine Dan Lothar and the group wouldn't want to hear that either. But they are showing those signs. I think I said it last week as well. You can see what they are trying to build. They've got these players that are starting to to come into their own. Amy McDonald. She won the best and fairest for them last year, but I'd argue she's gotten off to an even better start in the midfield for them. And they've got all these players that are just threatening to, to do something a little bit bigger as well. Maddie Carrick's been really, really solid down back. Rachel Kearns, the Irish woman, I, I love watching her. And there's something special about all the Irish women in the competition heater. I think that they seem to come to life uh, when, the, when the hard stuff needs to be done. She lays those bone-crunching tackles constantly. So I've got a lot of uh, faith in this Geelong side, even if they're not showing the results early. Oh, I love to hear it. And uh, the Coast Clash, Gold Coast uh, defeating West Coast, uh, 7440 to 5333. Last year's winless wooden spooners climbed back from 16 points down. They kicked five straight goals to win by uh, uh, the seven points there. It's their first win since 2020 as well. Yeah, it's a very special game for the, the Suns, like you say, breaking an 11-game winning streak. Um, but if, if anyone knows anything about me, I, I love my VFLW, and uh, there was a great story coming out of this game with Tara Bohana, who put on possibly the best last quarter I've ever seen <laughs> from an AFLW player. She was drafted, or she wasn't even drafted, she was overlooked in the draft, uh, playing with the, the Saints and the VFLW, came in as a late replacement 
player after the Suns lost a few. Uh, Maddie and Tegan Levi over to the, the Rugby Sevens. They have been playing in Dubai until very recently as well. They've had a very busy year, but three last quarter goals from her. She just sprung to life, and it, it's so good to see. That's just one of those stories to me that you watch those players put in those hard work for so long, and they finally show the reward of it and, and bring their team to victory. Uh, Charlie Rowbottom uh, rewarded with uh, this round's rising star, uh, star nominee with an equal team high 17 possessions and 12 tackles in a phenomenal effort. Uh, who else was good for the Suns as well? Oh, Charlie, six by quarter time tackles. So <laughs> she really, really stood up from the from the get go. But they, they did. They showed that they've got a, a team that that can rise and play to an occasion, which hasn't been something that you've really probably seen in the Suns too much um, throughout the, their lifespan so far. Kalinda Howes, I thought, had a really good game along the wing. Only 10 touches, but all 10 of them were kicked. She was really driving forward really nicely. Um, Jamie Stanton, she stood up in the middle of the second quarter, really brought that pressure. Kate Sermon as well, when the game was there to be won, she kicked one of those those goals of the Suns five in the final term. So definitely she was right up there for me as well. Uh, Adelaide uh, defeating North Melbourne five seven thirty seven to three th- uh, six twenty four, and is it the story of the Crow season so far as Ash Woodland, or is it the other way around? But she's got eight goals in the opening two rounds. I think it's got to be Hita when she's leading the next highest goal scorer. She's doubled it, so she's yeah. gone eight goals to the next highest four. Um, I think she's definitely the standout player of this season so far. And just like I said with Tara Bohana, another fantastic story. She was playing for Melbourne a few years ago, couldn't really get much of a look in, uh, ended up getting delisted, went back to the Stanford W, won the leading goal scorer award and managed to get back onto Adelaide's list. And now she's just showing what she can do. Um, but uh, she had company with Anne Hatchard, who... She's had a she's been a fantastic contested player. She's been an all Australian. But in this game she was doing a lot of outside running too and fourteen marks. I don't know how many games you've ever seen where players uh took fourteen marks heater, but geez, that's gotta stand it out. That's a big standout effort uh, for sure, as was uh, the returning Emma Kearney uh, with 23 possessions. Erin uh, Phillips also with 23 possessions and taking eight marks for the Crows. But the heat was a real factor late in this match, wasn't it? Yeah, it was unfortunate last week. We saw it take its toll with, with injuries and players started to slow down in this game too. Chelsea Randall I saw on the bench um, just with a bit of ice on her knee in the game. They said it was precautionary, um, so they will still have her next week, it looks like. Um, but yeah, it a, I thought you know the Crows right up there at the moment for me with the Ds in terms of the teams that you'd be looking at on the top of the table. And of course, we'll get to them um, shortly, but Fremantle as well. Well, I was uh, just on the uh, massive run up there to the uh, Dockers victory from the Giants, uh, 7-10-52 over the Giants, 2-8-20. The Dockers back to their best uh, form from, you know, 2020 here. The tackling pressure was thick and intense. Uh, some may even say ruthless versus the Giants. <laughs> yeah, ruthless is a great way to describe it. And that they've put egg on my face once again, dear <laughs> Heater. I think I said it last week that I said they were going to struggle to to find scores this year and they were the second highest scoring team of the round. So yes. um, I guess I've just got to hang up my hat and not try to do any more analysis for the rest of the season. But uh, no, they, they were outstanding, the Dockers, after a quarter that was really back and forth and it looked like it was going to be a bit of a shootout. They just took over um, come the second quarter and 
and they didn't let down from there. Really a whole team effort. Uh, I can look to players that stood out, but I thought more impressive than that was their cohesion as a unit, especially when they do have some players in there that are playing just their second or third AFLW game as well. It's incredibly impressive. Well, I think their uh, perception was that there might be a drop-off with the Dockers forward line with um, uh, Sabrina Duffy and that dropping out this season. But it almost looks like their forward line, yeah, has that extra cohesion and there's still players to uh, be welcomed back in that line on their their team as well. Yeah, that's what I was writing on as well later to start the year. But no, look, Gemma Houghton, two goals this week. She got back to her best after three behinds. Last week, they're seeing contributors from everywhere. Hayley Miller got herself on the board again from the midfield. What a start to her captaincy of the Dockers. It's just been outstanding so far. Um, Anne McMahon kicked her first goal too, which is an incredible story from her. Absolutely had her leg shattered when she was working as a police officer a few years ago. She's had setback after setback, but she's made it and kicked her first AFLW goal. But goals coming from the midfield too. Ebony Antonio, Kiara Bowers, Dana East. They've got contributors across the board, and I think I said I wanted to see those midfielders stand up, and they have to start this year. <laughs> uh, Dana East, uh, one of those players I wanted to uh, acknowledge, uh, picked up the slack a little bit with Kiara Bowers uh, receiving some extra attention at points. 11 disposals, 8 tackles and a goal, but her impact was much greater than the numbers on the stat line. Oh, absolutely. She came out of the, the blocks firing hard and Turbo better watch out um, as her queen of the tackles crown because eight for, for East in this game, she's showing that she's a tough little competitor as well. But uh, I really like how this Fremantle midfield's coming together. They really just held the Giants out. Alicia Eva had 26 disposals for the Giants, but I really thought that they cut off a lot of them, got onto the end of them. Um, same thing for Elise Parker's 19. Only the three tackles for her too. She's normally much harder at the contest. So comprehensive across the ground victory yeah, for Frio in this one. Yeah, the idea of a uh, AFLW Dockers training does terrify me with the amount of uh, tackles that would be going on. But uh, we'll move on to uh, round three matches uh, for the moment, as uh, we know that uh, the schedule needs to remain fluid at times. Uh, if we can get a quick preview and tip uh, for Friday's match, the Cats are taking on the Pies. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Like we said, a few players out for the Cats uh, with covid last week, but I think they might... They'll, they'll bring the challenge up to the Pies. It's hard to see them losing, though. Collingwood are very much on form, and I think they'll they'll go ahead again here. Well, the Eagles will uh, be stinging from that loss to the Suns last week, but they it doesn't get much easier for them. Uh, up against the Crows uh, to open the Saturday bracket of matches this week. Yeah, once again on neutral turf as well. They're playing at Punt Road. Um, I think... The Eagles probably need a few more contributors standing up in the midfield. Emma Swanson was quite good on the inside. Dana Hooker, she's always strong. She was running the wings. But I thought after them, they really, really struggled, uh, especially late when the Suns got going. So the Crows midfield, it's one of the strongest in the competition uh, when you're coming up against the likes of Ebony Marinoff and Hatchard Aaron Phillips. I think they'll be overrunning them again here. Another team that's uh, up against it is the Saints. Uh, it doesn't get much easier for them easier uh, either, running into the Demons, who are just fit and firing at the moment. It's cruel, isn't it, Heater? This week's <laughs> fixtures might see a few blowouts for some of these teams. Um, Diesel will run over them. They love playing at their home ground. First time there for the year. They'll want to make an impression in front of the faithful. Uh, Tigers and Dockers, uh, this should be a ripper. I'm, of course, uh, on the Dockers side of this, but uh, the Tigers will be looking to uh, take a big scalp here. Yeah, like I said, the Courtney Wakefield out is, is really worrying. They'll welcome Sarah Darcy back in, I believe. So they've got the defence short up a little bit. But 
Uh, I'm going to back the Dockers in just with that that cohesion I was talking about. They've really got that team firing. Trent Cooper's uh, worked this team into perfection to start the season. So back them in here. The Suns and the Lions uh, are almost in opposite positions on the ladder of uh, what people would have been expecting. So, yeah, the Lions will be looking to uh, bounce back in this clash. Yeah, I'm curious to see how they'll go with a week off. It's not something we've really seen in the AFL W before um, because, you know, we've never had to deal with game cancellations. So it'll be interesting how the Lions bounce back. They're a very experienced team. We know that. Still missing those two key pillars, obviously, um, down forward and in the back line. So I'll still back them in. I think they'll they'll get it done. But the Suns will run them hard here. They've got a lot to live up to, as Cam Joyce said post-game. And to Sunday's matches, uh, the Kangaroos take on the Giants. It's eighth versus ninth. I'm going to back the uh, Roos in here on their home turf. Yeah, I think I'm with you, um, Hater. They're getting down to Arden Street again. They love playing there. Um, the Giants, it's going to be another game in Melbourne for them as well, travelling two times in two weeks. So actually, they travelled up in the first week as well to, to the Suns up in Mackay. So... Busy, busy travel schedule for them, and I think it's going to probably start showing once again here, so North will do it. And the Bulldogs versus the Blues does uh, round out the third round of AFLW action. Uh, which way are you leaning in this match? Yeah, the Pride game as well. Great to see the game continuing, and we're going to have, once again, a full schedule of Pride matches this round. A bunch of teams have revealed their Pride jumpers, so great to see that everyone's getting in and around it this year. Um, this one's a hard one to tip because I'm not really sure who the dogs are going to be having back in this week. It was estimated they had up to 10 COVID cases um, or at least players in isolation last week. So um, this team could look like anything. I think after that win, I'll say the Blues can get it done at Witten Oval. And uh, just quickly before we uh, finish on some netball quad series uh, questions on the way out, uh, I did notice a uh, great story from you today on the Inner Sanctum. Uh, it's uh, after the AFL has announced on Monday that in 2022 there's going to be some new changes applied to the holding the ball rule. I don't really understand it on the uh, as it was, uh, as it has been, but there's going to be changes now. Uh, what can you tell us about the uh, announcement today? Yeah, nice to see you're paying attention, Peter. Glad you're enjoying reading my stuff. But Always. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's an interesting change. I think it's one that, that is for the better. Um, I guess my sort of thoughts on it can be described best as maybe too little too late. It's something they probably should have looked at a good 10 years ago, but I think it is a step in the right direction. Um, so it's sort of like the, the sort of applying the, the rule that has come in with, a, if you're taking on a player, say, with a, with a fend-off that's getting rid of your prior opportunity. Now, if you've got any sort of prior opportunity, as soon as you get caught, that's holding the ball. So we've seen in the past players getting spun around and they, they give them heaps of time to, to get a handball off or something like that um, or, you know, try and wrestle free and just wiggle the ball out. Um, but none of that's going to be happening anymore. If you've got prior and you get caught, uh, that's holding the ball, basically. All right, so uh, more for the umpires to do. That's uh, what we all uh, certainly wanted uh, from uh, the upcoming season, but uh, we'll see how it plays out. But uh, thank you for the explanation there, Alex. I think I can get my head around it just that little bit. But uh, just before we go, uh, the Netball Quad Series over in the UK, the Diamonds with a 60-40 to 40 win over South Africa and a 53-39 to 39 win over New Zealand. Sounds like the girls have been fairly dominant so far. Yeah, they're lucky I love watching them so much because there's not too many teams I would get up at the crack of dawn right. for like I have been for the Diamonds. 
Um, but no, they, they've been outstanding. We, as a nation, have always been just that that little bit touched behind New Zealand, at least in recent years. They've had the wood over us, um, but to see them get such a dominant victory over them first up, uh, and now New Zealand are 0-2, so we'll be 100% locked in to face England in the final after we play them uh, on Wednesday morning. But yeah, just as a team, they've looked so... Um, I guess their chemistry has just looked completely on. Um, there's there's not many combinations that they've put out on the court that have struggled so far. So probably some of the best the Diamond team's been looking since the, the glory days of maybe, say, five or six years ago. So they play England in the sort of round robin and then they'll play England in the final. Is that right as well? Yeah, we'll get a preview of what the final's going to look like on Wednesday morning because England have also gone 2-0. So... New Zealand and South Africa, both 0-2, can't make their way into the okay. final. Um, so we'll be playing off against them guaranteed. All right, lovely stuff. And uh, obviously with that you know, uh, WA aspect of it, Stacey Marinkovic into coach, uh, it's, it's a little wonder why the uh, Diamonds are uh, going as well as they are at the minute. I was waiting to see how you'd find a way to bring <laughs> WA into this. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's fair enough. They've been uh, producing some lovely players over at the, the Fever and none better than Courtney Bruce at the moment. She was unreal uh, in the, the goal defence circle last night. She won player of the match. She got to combine with uh, her young teammate Sunday Ayang, who came on for her first Diamond Test cap and also to become the first African uh, player of African descent to debut for the Diamonds. So uh, a really history-making night for, for both the Fever and for, for Australia in general. That was uh, fantastic, mate. And uh, we'll uh, watch with, uh, yeah, a bait of breath to uh, see the Diamonds take on the uh, England, uh, firstly in the round robin, and then uh, through to the final as well of that uh, netball quad series. But, uh, Alex, appreciate the time tonight, mate. Uh, we'll keep following your work on the Inner Sanctum. Thanks for having me on, Hater. Really appreciate it. That's Alex Catalano, part of the Inner Sanctum team, joining us on the Overnight Crowd, uh, talking our way through the round, uh, the second round of AFLW action and also finishing up on uh, some of the Netball Quad Series from over there in the UK with the Diamonds looking fairly dominant at the minute. And uh, also, what's your uh, make of uh, the announcement today from the AFL that in 2022 there's going to be new changes applied to the holding the ball rule? And uh, one of the more contentious elements is going to be brought back in vogue as well. So umpires are going to be less lenient towards players who have had prior opportunity and do not immediately and correctly dispose of the football when they are legally tackled, the statement read. So it continued on that a player in possession of the football has had prior opportunity. A field umpire shall award a free kick if that player does not correctly dispose of the football immediately when they are legally tackled. So the new interpretation means that a player can no longer wrestle the arms free out of the tackle and dispose of the football either by hand or foot to avoid a free kick against them if they have been tackled with prior opportunity. So we're going to get back to yelling out prior opportunity at every opportunity coming up for the uh, AFL men's season in 2022. But uh, let us know your thoughts on the overnight crowd, 0433 98 11 16, or you can jump on board for a chat on the overnight crowd, 1300 736 736. Once again, my special thanks to Alex Catalano from the Inner Sanctum for joining us on the overnight crowd. And we'll be right back on SEN just after this. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.